Welcome to the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. I'm your host, Ben Wilson. This week, we are talking about history and whether or not it really even matters. Today's show is powered by Teaching Textbooks, an award-winning math program for homeschoolers that is sure to make you smile. We hope you enjoy the show. So here's my dad, Todd Wilson. Okay, well, hey, everybody. And uh, I think this is not the second. This is the second time I've recorded in our family man barn here. Um, you can see that it's... Uh, this is where we uh, store our products and our books and all our encouragement things. And you might even see over my shoulder, carefully placed there, uh, some uh, Christmas things to entice you into buying our Christmas game. Um, and uh, we've got some other things there. We've got Advent crafts and uh, some read aloud Christmas books. We, I love Christmas, so this is, this is like the workshop um, during the month of November and December and uh uh, so that's what we're recording tonight. Um, but it's good being here. Uh, it was a pretty day here in northern Indiana. Uh, we left Florida a week ago uh, over the weekend. And I mean, it has rained every single day uh, since we left. And so it was a nice little reprieve. We were at a wedding in Kansas. Uh, it rained every minute of the way down there and every minute of the way back. Um, we were cold and we took Sam's fiance in the RV with us and she spent three Man, whole nights come a long us. way since I, know I was it. dating Rissa. <laughs> yeah, I, cause you know, I wasn't really, and honestly I was a little nervous about the whole thing because, uh, you know, it's not like you have multiple bathrooms in an RV. You have to share the bathroom and we don't have a lot of privacy in between the bathrooms. Um, and so I've never been super excited about having some girl <laughs> that isn't even part of our family. Um, because sometimes it can be a little embarrassing when a dad is in the bathroom and there's not much separating <laughs> him and everyone else. You know, <laughs> I hate going, sorry. She isn't just some sorry. girl, though. She is your future daughter-in-law. So, she is you my know. future daughter-in-law. And uh, <laughs> McKenna can handle it. Yeah, she's McKenna's like, what's going on in there? <laughs> uh, so anyway, so we're back. And uh, we are now officially in the Christmassy mode. Uh, we've been listening to Christmas music. We talked about it last time. Uh, but we listened. Since it was rainy and cold, we thought it was okay. Even though McKenna doesn't like Christmas music that early. Uh, but I didn't care. And we made our way to uh, Kansas City. We stopped in St. Louis. Went to the St. Louis Arch. Uh, ben, you've been to the top a couple times, right? Yeah, but not in a long time. I think it was twice when one when was super little for, I think, David or no who else who why did we all, all all of my mom's side of the family we all went down to St. Louis for something I don't remember what and then uh went years later like probably 10 years ago or something like that so it's pretty awesome but I need to go again I don't think Rissa's been so we'll need to it looks point. the same you know big metal thing up in the it's 633 feet tall and 633 feet wide which is some kind of mathematical parabola or something I don't know uh, or parable. I'm not sure which. Um, but uh, uh, I, it was it's super interesting. If you've never been, they have like a little movie before and they talk about uh, how they built it. And it's super exciting. If you've got a kid who likes building or uh, would be excited by all the details of that, it's just overwhelming to me. I and then you write it. Go ahead. I always thought the part, uh, I, I think they said this, that when you're up there and if it's really windy, it will like sway like six feet either direction, I think, as they said, something like that. It might even it does, be more. It does sway. And it does. I don't know if it's it's psychological, but when you're up there, you kind of feel like you're right. moving back and forth. Psychological. Just a little bit. 
but it might be it might be but but they have like little cars you get in and as they go up they kind of rotate and go up and rotate and go up um but it was it was a lot of fun but i think what is so interesting is that it was started i think in 1963 um and when they were calculating it all out they they anticipated that 14 of the workers would be killed in the making of the st louis arch were they now no, nobody was killed. And nice. but I'm just like today, you know, they wouldn't let anybody even be hurt. But back then, they didn't care as long as they had a good monument afterwards. And that's a country that I grew up in. Um, so anyway, was it built when you were alive? Yeah, it was up. Uh, even the the, <laughs> the kids were like, "Dad, you were here a long time ago. Was it any different?" I'm like, "Yeah, it only had one leg then." <laughs> uh, so. Um, well, we're going to talk about fun stuff today and uh, because uh, we're going to talk about history. Uh, and as the question, uh, as it relates, does, does it really matter? Does history matter? Now, of course, history matters. That's not really the question. Um, but the question is, does it really matter um, to, for you? Do you need to teach history? Now, as, as a disclaimer, um, I should say Ben is a history major. His degree in college is in uh, his Bachelor of Arts is in history. So he is a history nut. And in fact, I tell everybody I know Ben knows more about history than anybody I know. So I thought it would be interesting maybe just to test Ben on the air to see if he really knows. It's going to uh, be horrible. <laughs> it's going to be like, what year was William Wilberforce born? And I have no, no idea. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do, uh, how about this, Ben? Can you name three generals from the Civil War? And, of course, Lee and Grant don't count. Well, that one's easy. Sherman would be one. Uh, Stone or Stonewall Jackson. And how about, uh, I don't know, Jeb Stewart is one that is okay. I also enjoy. That's, that's pretty good. Um, this <clears throat> is more of a, for me, than for anybody else. Um, what is a Prussian? They were a country over in Europe at one time. It's now no longer a country, but it used to be over near Austria. And they were, it was also part of Germany, I think, as well. But they were, like, known for their military because they were insanely well-disciplined. They were during, like, Napoleonic era, and they got pretty much destroyed after that. So, actually, yeah, even a little later than that. But So, so Napoleonic era, when, when is that? Like, early 1800s, roughly. Like... I mean, again, there was Prussians, I think. I can't remember the exact, like, when it collapsed or anything or when it changed. But early 1800s, like, 1812 was when, uh, I think, Waterloo was around that period. So Really? I mean, see, this is – and these are – I did not tell Ben I was going to ask that. I told him I was going to quiz him, so I didn't give him any heads up. I mean, I have no idea what a Prussian is. I thought it was kind of like – in my head, I thought it was like a, a com combination of – you know, uh, Persians and Russians, Prussians. I think it would be more like uh, Poland and Russia, actually. It'd be more over yeah. that direction. But, uh, okay. but yeah, they're actually one of my, I think, one of the coolest at the time. Not coolest, but like a neat nation because they were just so disciplined and everything. So that uh, would be a history nerd. That's why you would think that. <laughs> um, how about the date that the stock market fell? Could you answer that? No. Uh, I mean, it was probably like, I don't even know what year. It was probably like 20... 1924, five or six, seven, maybe. Do you know what caused the depression? I mean, you know what, what caused all that? Well, I mean, the stock market obviously crashed. If that's too general, is that what you mean? Yeah, or... that's, that's general. That's general. How about more specific? Do you know? Um, 
man, I'm blanking. No, I, don't, I mean, I guess I don't know like more specifically than that necessarily. Uh, I haven't. I mean, like what, all this, what, what all was going on at the time? Do you know? Well, I mean, World War One had just happened, like you know, within the decade before that, and then they lost you know huge amounts of people after that and disease and stuff like that. And then you had in between there, and then obviously, um, you know, that was when this was a little bit later. But then the uh, Hitlers took over in Germany, uh, things like that. I mean, there was a lot going on during that era. I mean, you had like, uh, you know, like Charles Lindbergh was during that era, like twenty, the 20 I think it was twenty-seven or something like that, or yeah, something around there. I mean, so you had a whole bunch of stuff happening during that period. Um, cars were starting to become really big and then that you know really hurt that market obviously things like that well the reason i ask those questions that way is because i'm going to talk about that in just a second we're going to talk about that and i should say you know my history knowledge is nil um my i i have gained all mine since uh post high school probably post college um just from reading because uh, you know, if you would have asked me probably like TV, but yeah, probably <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the history I could have told you all about Andy <laughs> Griffith. I could have told you about Gilligan's Island. <laughs> but if you would have asked me, say I, a senior in high school, if you would have asked me, so Todd, uh, tell us about the Civil War. What do you know about the Civil War? Uh, if you had asked me about the Depression, I probably could have said I would have said nothing. I don't know anything. Civil War, I would have said, well, let's see. There are some guys who wear blue uniforms and some guys who wear gray uniforms. Abraham Lincoln is in there somewhere. And that's about all I could have told you. Um, you know, now that aside, I'm a productive citizen. I have a job. I have a podcast, <laughs> you know, so I did OK. I learned a lot of stuff after that. Um, but as we're going to talk about this, um, you know, the thing is, is how we teach history, uh, maybe how it's always been taught, because the way it's been taught in the past, you know, because a lot of you listening, uh, you grew up in the school setting, uh, public school or private school, and often it was the same. You know, you went to history class. Uh, you might have done it five days a week. Maybe you just did it three days a week. Maybe it was part of your maybe it was part of your day in elementary school. And it always looked the same. You got a great big, thick history book at the beginning of the year and over the course of the year you plug through it um, at the end of every chapter you might have had some questions to answer and if you had great teachers like i did who are usually the gym teacher um you know you would have a, a, a test at the end and sometimes it would be open book and you would have to go back through the you know the the uh pages and write down the right answers and you had to memorize some dates and uh you know i think and, and that's kind of hung on. We kind of think history is uh, learning a bunch of dates and being okay with that. In fact, there are some philosophies out there that just have you memorize dates. And 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 that's why I asked Ben. I asked him about, um, you know, when the stock market fell or when the depression. And he was a little unsure on the dates. And that's the amazing thing because I probably memorized some dates Maybe I could have told you, oh, the stock market, stock market crash in, you know, 1929. But I couldn't even tell you what it was about. I couldn't have told you any of the events that took place because I believe that memorizing a bunch of dates is not a measure of what you know about history. Uh, another little disclosure is that uh, uh, we didn't really have a formal history in, our, in much of our homeschool. 
Uh, we've always used either sunlight or now we use the trail guide to learning by geography matters. And, uh, you know, it has been kind of a, a literature base history. Um, in fact, Ben, you know, what do you think it was that, that we did that helped make you a history guy? I don't think there was anything particularly, and I know this is where dad's going, you know, with this in a little bit, but, um, I think like history, the biggest thing for me, and I still see this a lot is I come across a lot of people and they're like, Oh, I hate history. And it's like, and they're like, I just can never remember any of the dates. And I'm like, I cannot remember any of the dates either. Like I know the civil war was during 1860s and stuff like that, you know, but like, I, I mean, I know major, some of the major ones, but not any of the other stuff. And, and I'm like, that's not what history really is. Cause like, what can you, what, what is the point of that in any way? But I think the things that made it real for me was good books initially, which made it interesting because then I knew there were stories in history that were really, I really enjoyed and liked. And then, um, I think like, honestly, one of the things that did it for me when I was little is I truly do believe this is there was a game called age of empires on computer, which dad may not like this answer because he doesn't like, you know, any technology, but, uh, right. <laughs> but it was a computer game called age of empires. We were only allowed one hour every other day, but it is an ancient, ancient history, stuff like that. And you could build, you know, walls, all that. And I thought that was so cool. All of those little things. I love the idea of armies and all that. I, I'm very, I would say military history is my biggest like interest. So then since we were only able to play a little bit, we then, I, and you're got, a better person for it. Right. Go I got ahead. all the I'm books sorry. I could find, you know, from on castles and Rome. And, uh, you know, I always loved the civil war. I don't know. And we went to some of the battlefields, you know, so it made it a real thing versus just a bunch of like some memorization. It just made it something that felt very alive and tangible if that makes sense i don't know you know as opposed to something that you're just you're memorizing so whatever all that's combined it combined into just making it something that really felt um value yeah just made it really alive which made me more interested so then i kept reading reading more and you know getting more and more into that but i remember the first book debt like it wasn't so much a history book but it is well it is it's historical fiction and i would recommend these and i'm sure all the homeschoolers probably know these but i remember dad got from the library it was called barrack the britain it's a ga hinty book and i was i don't know i was pretty young and i was like wow this book is massive which it's not that big it's probably 300 something pages but at the time that was a huge book to me and i was like i'm gonna read this thing but i was just too young and it's written in i would say like an older english um you know but uh but anyway, so I finally, later years later, I read those, and that was awesome because I think historical fiction is a great way for kids to get into it. Uh, like the We Were There books, I don't remember, we own all of those now. Those are old, old books, but basically it was a guy and a girl who would be set in, you know, the Battle of Gettysburg somehow, you know. And I mean, obviously they're not realistic because you know they would never let kids go through any of these things. But uh, and you kind of got to experience it from their eyes, and and I really liked that because again, you kind of see it from the stories, not so much just. Um, you know, not just, uh, again, dates and stats and statistics and stuff like that. I'm going to interrupt just a minute to talk to you about today's sponsor, Teaching Textbooks. Teaching Textbooks is a complete math program for homeschoolers that begins with grade three and continues all the way through pre-calculus. The newest 3.0 version is an online curriculum that works on Macs, Windows, Chromebooks, as well as tablets and smartphones. With the newer, lower price, the cost averages out to about 4 to $6 per month for 12 months. And if that isn't enough, Teaching Textbooks is now offering a new discounted plan for larger families. Jana G. from Oklahoma City says of Teaching Textbooks, It's like they send an instructor to her home in the box. Our daughter loves it. 
To learn more about the free trial, go to teachingtextbooks.com. But again, I was not ever made or no one ever like showed me that. And none of my other siblings really like it that much, nearly the same. So, you know, I think. And you uh, also listen to uh, yeah. audio CDs. I mean, yep. uh, I never uh, read uh, The Barrack of Britain and they're all the G.A. Henty books. But I, I can remember at least more than once traveling in, down the highway and listening to Jim Weiss of Great Hall Productions, you know, mm. reading Beric the Briton by yeah. G.A. Yeah, or Jim Hodges doing the same types of things. Yeah. But you, you did you have other favorites? Um, not as many history, actually, because there really aren't as many. I mean, now there are on with Audible and things like that. You know, I listen to tons of history now, but really Gia Hentes were kind of my go to when I was younger. Um, the YWAM books were always good. I really like those, too, because, you know, they had a lot of like historical figures. Um, but yeah, Gia Henty, Jim Hodges, those were really great. And, uh, you know, again, they're just really good stories, but I can't think of anything else at the time that was historical, but well, I, I think ask, audiobooks are great for people who, because I know a lot of people just feel like they can't follow along in books or they lose, you know, get lost or they just wander. And I think audiobooks are a great way to do that. You know, we'd play with Lego and we'd listen to a history book, you know, uh, or right, a historical right. fiction. So, but I think that's, that's a parent thing. I mean, mm -hmm. if you... Um, because I know for Ben and Sam, his, the brother right just below him, they listen to him every single night. Now, my other boys, you know, I have to force them into listening to those. Or sometimes we would start them in the car and they're like, oh, I don't want to listen to them. But, but, you know, like some of those G.A. Hinty books on audio are like eight CDs long, you know. And so by the time you get to the second one, you know, they're asking for the next chapter. Um, and I know Ben would never does not understand this at, or at the time. But, you know, the thing about um, as he mentioned the video games, I think that's kind of interesting that he that he said that. And that was one of the things that really intrigued him. And I can remember him doing uh, whatever the other one. It wasn't Age of Empires. Was it Civilization? Was that one of them? Maybe that one, too. I mean, all of those games. Crusaders is one where they like all just all these little stuff. guys marching across right. the screen. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know. The thing is, if we had only let him play video right. games, he probably wouldn't have had the opportunity um, to to read those things. Because I know a right. lot of parents will ask me, you know, well, you know, so if we stop because, you know, you've heard me say, you know, for your elementary age kids, they should be done. Really, you should be done by the time you get to lunchtime. And a lot of people say, well, what do you do in the afternoon? And it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. You just let your kids do stuff. But don't let them play video games and watch TV all day. Because if that's what you let them do, they will not go beyond that. Yeah. Um, like Ben said, I, I can remember him taking the encyclopedia and he and Sam drawing out every little insignia um, that were uh, the military insignia. Yeah. You know, like the page in the World Book Encyclopedia has like two pages of a private all the way up to a five star general. Ben could probably still tell you what all those stripes mean. Yeah, that's um, good. I think a lot of it, you know, you, you, I always remembered in uh, Robin Hood in the anime when we were just watching it last night. But she says, oh, Maid Marian says, does he even remember me? Meaning Robin Hood. And she's like, oh, Absent makes the heart grow fonder. Now, I think like it can become obsession. But I think because we were limited, it then had us go look for other venues to do things that we enjoyed, you know? So if I liked the history aspect or I liked the military and the fighting, the strategy, you know, we read books on it. We cut swords out and pretended we were Romans and stuff, or we, um, you know, played with Lego and created castles and stuff and Playmobil and all that. And that like 
because it was limited, it made us then go find other things. And I think uh, that's really important and helped do that. And I'm not saying the computer games made us, but I think the limitation really, you know, if we hadn't, we would have just sat there and done that. And I probably wouldn't have ever taken it past that. But I also think, and not to just dominate here, but on, um, you said, uh, oh, oh, reading. I talked to a lot of people and they're like, oh, I just don't ever read. And it's like, I think generally if you're given the opportunity gaming games video tv anything it's all so much easier and reading i think once you start it's then amazing and i think almost anyone will like it but it's a lot it takes more effort so very few people actually ever take that effort to do it and then it never gets they never do i think and i'll tell you from a kid who was my mother hopefully she's not listening to this she um, does but, <laughs> <laughs> but she hates it when i said i was raised on television so I'll pretend like some person I know was raised on television. And uh, but it's it, it's hard then to to want to read. Right. And I often wondered, you know, if I hadn't been allowed or maybe. And again, you know, we've gotten a lot more lax than we were with Ben. Uh, maybe my kid, some of my other kids would want to read more um, if we took away some of those other options. Um, but all that to say, you know, the thing about Ben is that he has such a grasp on history not because he regurgitated a bunch of dates. And I think we're wrong, and I think the system has been wrong for saying that's what history is. I don't think the history is knowing that in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Because really, that's about all I could tell you. About the only other no, the, the only other stuff I know about Columbus, I learned on... Uh, oh, what was uh, that Not Adventures in Odyssey, no, but from... Was... Your story hour? Was that what it's called? Maybe. And it was Colombo. And, and, and it was yeah. a story that made it alive. Um, and that's why we like living books. That's why we like books. You know, in fact, if you're if you're on Facebook right now, you know, maybe throw out the, the books that that were history, good history books that uh, that were real. There were stories, living books that maybe you enjoyed. I know uh, I, I remember at, at one time in our homeschooling uh, life I was reading across five Aprils. Do you remember that one, Ben? I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, that was the civil war one, right? I think that was a civil war and it was yeah. about a family kind of broken apart right. and it was just so good. I looked forward to every time I got the opportunity. In fact, right. I didn't want my wife to read any cause I was afraid I'd miss some of that. That also, I should say that, uh, you know, all that said, Ben's our main history guy. You know, he just loves the history. I remember when we went to uh, Antietam, the the battlefield in, uh, I think it's in Pennsylvania. Um, and, you know, it's the the bloodiest day or the bloodiest, not, maybe not, not the Maryland, bloodiest. But... Oh, is it in Maryland? Thank you. Um, but but <laughs> and, and we were in that, that va you know, that whatever that alley. Was it bl yeah, Bloody was Lane, it, I think? Bloody Lane or something like that, where the bodies were piled high. And uh, we went and... I mean, it was super fascinating. I enjoyed it. I, some of our other kids could care less. But I remember, Ben, do you remember those paintings that were on the walls? Yeah. Uh, it's great big giant portraits. I think and about I that relatively uh -huh. often. <laughs> so I think about that pretty often. Because Ben was like afterwards. I mean, there were these big portraits, murals that were probably 15 by 20 feet. And, and Ben said, I touched the frame or I touched something. Right, he was he probably, it. that was probably illegal. It I was think. supposed to not touch it. <laughs> but he said, you know, I've been, I've seen those in all the books. And I just thought it was so neat to, to see the one that was the actual painting that was painted right after the civil war, I think. Um, 
but all that to say, again, I can remember one time we were at uh, George Washington Carver's home. And, you know, Ben enjoyed the history. Sam enjoyed the history. But Ike, he liked the bugs. He liked running down and seeing a snake. Um, I remember Catherine, she liked talking to people. You know, Maggie, Jed, and Cal, they just goofed off and played. Um, and I don't know what Abe was doing. <laughs> I don't know. What, uh, probably wanted to go back to the RV. But what I think is interesting in that is that your history kids are going to be history kids. You cannot force a kid to love history. Um, I think you should give them opportunities. I think you should read them good books. Um, but don't be surprised when they don't love history. Because the truth is, not every kid needs to be a historian. You know, in our family, we have one one child um, who's now an adult who knows history. And I remember one time, Ben, I don't know if you remember this, but you were trying to think, you were trying to decide what to do. You know, what am I going to do with that? You know, why, why would I get a history degree? Dad, I don't know if I want to teach. And and it's obvious to everybody listening right now that you're obviously a great teacher and a good communicator. Um, but the importance of having historians is that so the world will know the truth. Right. They can say whatever they want. They can say it didn't happen, but history is truth, even though they might try to change it. Um, uh, but and that should start to take pressure off you, mom, you know, because if you're just doing history again by having the kids memorize a bunch of dates, um, some of your kids are really good at memorizing it. They can rattle off those dates. They can remember forever. I would be one of those kids who could not remember. Do not confuse that rote memorization with accomplishment because it isn't. I would think uh, you could almost just about just take the word history out of school and just say, we're just going to read today and just read with them. Because if they don't know it's history, I think they will be swept up by amazing stories and fun, you know, different places and things that they've never, you know, like Little House on the Prairie or whatever. That's history. But yeah. when you stick the history label on it, I think a lot of people just instantly just go, well, I'm not interested in history. And it's like, well, anyone could be interested in a really good super action story or you know, uh, you know, talking about some girl who, you know, gets saved by whatever. Like, I mean, it has everything you could ever right, right. think of, you know, but I think uh, that is a more. brilliant thing. And I think maybe that's the key. Maybe we shouldn't call it history anymore. Maybe we because, again, because we've it's gotten so clouded in our thinking. We think history is something with a big textbook where we learn some chronological things in order, we try to memorize them, and then we close the book and we think we learned it. Um, I was even talking to a kid, you know, it's been a while, but he was saying he, he knew all these dates, but he had no idea what it was about. And uh, and so we're not doing anything. We're just wasting our time. You're wasting your time. It's not making you happy. It's not making your kids happy. So maybe you should do Ben's idea and quit doing history. And maybe just get some books that talk about the past um, because the past is important to remember and just read them to your kids. Don't take quizzes on it. Ben never had a quiz on Across Five Aprils or Rifles for Weighty or any of those others. We just read it. And maybe we talked about it a little bit. Maybe we didn't, but we just read it. Um, I, and oh, go ahead, Ben. No, and then we'll finish one last up. example of the opposite is my wife does not care and never really did. I remember like when, I don't know, it was pretty early on when we were dating. I was like, oh, today is actually the day we got married was on D-Day. And I think we were talking about that. Maybe maybe we were engaged then. And I was like, oh, that's on D-Day. She's like, what's D-Day? And I was like, are you Something serious? Like <laughs> and she's like, I was like, everyone knows who a D-Day is. And she's like, no one knows what D-Day is. I'm like... 
what? I was like, how? so I asked the guy, we were at an ice cream place, the guy behind me, and he was not from this country. He was an immigrant. And he's like, no, I've never heard of D-Day. And I was like, no, I was like, I promise you it's a famous. And then I asked another guy and he was like incensed that Rissa didn't know who he is. But she just, you know, it's just not something that she ever really, you know, interested in. And, and, and that's fine. Rissa is an amazing person. Yep, exactly. You no, know, so your non-history people, kids, are going to be an amazing people. You know, don't be convinced. Don't don't listen to anybody who says, well, if they don't know these, if they don't know this much, then they're going to be whatever, unprotective citizens and be, they're not. You know, your history kids are going to be history kids and your non-history kids are not going to be non-history kids. Well, we're going to t- continue this conversation next week because we're going to talk to Diana Waring, who, who uh, history revealed, and she has a, a great approach called relational parenting or, rela- or educational education that's relational. And uh, we're going to talk about history and we're going to talk about um, homeschooling our kids in a way that's relational. You're going to love the show. You're going to love hearing from Diana Waring. Maybe you haven't heard her before. If you have, you're going to want to be here. If you haven't, you're want to get You're going to want to be here. Um, so uh, until next time, uh, find some good books. Find some good audios. Um, put in a, a few Christmas uh, CDs or stream them from Pandora or listen to some Christmas music. Light some candles. Enjoy the time being with your kids because that should make you smile. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Smiling Homeschooler podcast. We hope you thought the topic was encouraging. If you ever have a topic you'd like to have us covered, email us over at todd at thesmilinghomeschooler.com. Also, sign up for a weekly encouraging email over on thesmilinghomeschooler.com. We want to thank Teaching Textbooks for making today's show possible. You can learn more about all their great math products and affordable pricing at teachingtextbooks.com. Have a great week, and as always, keep smiling. When you dance